they go to the back, they'd be preaching, they'd be moving, moving all around. And people would follow, like just watch them, like naturally, right? My dad never did. He would always look, and some people don't, they look straight forward. And uh, I, I remember thinking, you know, that that was like wrong to look backwards at the preacher while he's preaching. I grew up thinking that. Until I realized, oh, that was just trying not to make a scene or something. Amen. First Samuel, first Samuel chapter one. Amen. If you got your Bibles this morning, I came to worship God. I didn't come to fulfill my job as a pastor to fill in a time slot to preach a message. I came to worship the Lord this morning. And I hope that we did as well. Oh, and Miss Carrie's class can be dismissed. I meant to do that during the song and I forgot. Miss Carrie's class may be dismissed. <laughs> Amen. We, we, uh, Miss Curry probably has to remind her class that they're on camera. So to behave themselves, as to which I could say the same thing to all of us. Remember, you're on camera. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1, I need to get there myself. I want to read all the way down to verse 15. And I hope that you're not thinking, oh, we're doing all this reading. We came to worship the Lord, didn't we? we came, that, that includes study. That includes teaching. That includes preaching. We, we could sit here and read for an hour, and I think God would be glorified in that. Amen. But let's read verse 1 down through verse 15. Now, there's a man of, uh, oh boy, Ramatha and Mosipham of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of uh, Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, uh, uh, the... Um, Ephrathite. I remember thinking to myself, let's start with verse 2, but I'm too far in now. Verse 2. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. That's where I want to be. The name of the other was uh, Penina, and, and Penina had children, and Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Benaiah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. We still forget that it's a miracle by God. God, God uh, brings life. Amen. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Uh, two women fighting, amen, verse 7. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, uh, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said, account of her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? And not I better to thee than ten sons? Like, 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 he should have known why she was upset. <laughs> he was being a man. You know, what's wrong? Am I not better than children? Verse 9, so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will uh, give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there should be no razor come upon his head. It came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. 
Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. That you could you could add that to the argument to say if you didn't speak the words, did you really get saved? Here she is speaking to God, and God is hearing her. Amen. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thine wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul for the Lord. Brother Shine, would you open this message in a word of prayer, please? I taught a message one time to the teenagers and I and I was given a salvation illustration that you know you're in a burning building and there's a fireman outside the window you're going to burn to death you know that you're not going to survive but for that fireman at the window you can believe that the fireman will save you but trusting in him is completely different you might believe that the fireman's going to save you but then actually not trust him to help you out the window, right? We do the same thing with salvation. People do that all the time. A lot of people say they believe the Lord, but they're not trusting in him, right? Satan and his demons believe in God. <laughs> That's, they're not saved. <laughs> Amen. A lot of folks say they believe in God, but, but that's not salvation. That's not trusting in. Um, you can um, go on a zip line, and you can stand right at, uh, up there at the edge, you can see, you can be ready to be strapped in, but, but in trust, you can believe that, that that cord will protect you and take you from there to there, but trusting in it and doing it is completely different than just believing. There's a, there's a vast difference. It's like um, watching versus experiencing. You know, you can watch the football game, but being in the football game is completely differently. I like the unity of, of sports, right? I, I wrestled a little bit in high school. I, um, I played Little League in church growing up, and, and, and I love those years. There's unity on a, on a team when you're, when you're together. There's unity, and that's wonderful. It's awesome. But being in a music group, there's unity. Being in a choir, there's unity. Being in a church, there's unity. And when men get together to pray, there's unity, and it's awesome. When the women are praying back there, there's unity, and it's wonderful. The ladies went out to eat the other day. Like, ten of them were there. That was awesome. There's unity in that. I remember growing up and being at different meetings where, where, where they would pray before the service. Man, there'd be 20, 30 men just huddled up just praying. And sometimes a few would pray. Sometimes they just all pray. When you're done, you're done. And, and we kind of finish at different times. There's unity in that. And there's encouragement in it. What a testimony to the fervency of Miss Hannah's prayer. There's a Rochester song, and it's been on my mind because of this message. How long has it been since your eyes filled with tears over um, a lost soul? I forget how the words go. But how long has it been since you prayed for somebody so much that you were crying in tears over the prayer? We're all pretty guilty at times. 
Sometimes a lot. Sometimes all the time. Our fervency is, is not what it ought to be. Miss Hannah here, she was burdened. She wanted a child so much. She vowed to God that she would give that child to the Lord. I think usually when we're praying in general that people are going to pray for themselves. People will pray for their children. People will pray for the success and health of their children. Uh, that's that's pr- pretty much in general people's prayers. But Hannah didn't just pray that. She prayed that she wanted a child, but then she also said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him to you. That's a whole lot different. It, Oftentimes, we'll say, we might even come to the altar and say, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm just going to serve you. Then three days later, you forgot all about that prayer. Hannah made a a vow, and and she she absolutely kept it. Amen. So God gives Hannah this child, and and Hannah names him Samuel. And she named him accordingly, amen, because Samuel means God heard. Look at 1 Samuel 1, verse 26. And she said, oh, my Lord, as I so live with my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee praying, uh, praying here, uh, the one that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath uh, given me my petition which I asked him of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Not only did Miss Hannah make good on her promise, which I think a lot of people don't do. Lord, if you get me out of this trench, I'll live for you. And they get home from the war and they go right back to their old ways. Go right back to the old habits. Miss Hannah made a vow to the Lord, made good on that vow. Then if you look, the next 10 or 12 verses, she's just praising God. This woman has character. Amen. God blessed her greatly for her faithfulness through sacrifice, giving up that which was most precious to her. We pray for a job, but then we say, Lord, give me this job. I need this job. Then he gives us a job. But then, well, Lord, I, I can't tithe. I can't tithe. No, I can't give that much money. No way. I, I, I know a guy I work with. Um, they, were, they were broke just like I was. His wife finally got a good job. I don't want to say what it was because he might watch this one day. He watches sometime. But I finally got a good job making good money. And he said, you know, we quit tithing right about the time you started making all that money. And, and uh, she says, yeah, but I'm making all this money, but we worked so hard for it. I just hate to let it go. We pray for things and then we make God makes good on something that he might give us, and then we go back on our own. Hannah did not go back. She prayed God for a child, and God gave her a child. She vowed that she'd give that child to the Lord, and she did. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 20. 1 Samuel 2, 20. And Eli blessed Hannah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee a seed of this woman for the loan which is lent of the Lord. And they went into their own home, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare thee. Uh, and bear three sons and two daughters, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. You know, God blessed Hannah with Samuel. And then throughout the years, blessed her with five more children. What a blessing that is. 
What a blessing that is. She made good and God blessed her even more for her faithfulness. How many of us know that we need to sacrifice more, but we don't because we don't see the blessings right away or we're worried that we won't see the blessings right away? That the thought of not going soul winning because some, they might not get saved or, or they might not, you might not see the results that you, that you normally would. Um, uh, Miss Carrie, she's not here, but she's recent, uh, recently um, um, experienced this. Uh, several times where people say, I'll be there at church. I promise I'll be there. Never show up. People don't make good on their vows. People aren't faithful. Let alone to other people, but let alone to God. Amen. So here we are. Samuel is now under the care of Eli at a very young age. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 11. And Elkanah went to Ramah, to his house, and the child did minister, look at this, unto the Lord before Eli, the priest. That's important. That, that the child ministered unto the Lord and before Eli, the priest. And then you could take, if you were to study it, verses 12 through 17, goes on to talk about uh, the, the, um, the, the wickedness of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, abusing their authority as priests, yeah, they had this position, but they abused it. They were whoring around. They were, they were lying. They were cheating. Uh, they were making a mockery of, of their, their duties. And so it was, if you read it for yourself and study it for yourself, and I encourage you to do so, when it came time for people to give their sacrifices, they didn't even want to because they had to deal with these charlatans, these rebellious, backslidden People that weren't doing their job. We say that is awful. But how many people don't want to go to church because we're backslidden and we're rebellious and we're not doing what we're supposed to be because they're looking at us thinking, well, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be part of what they're doing. Amen. Here's what I want to bring to light. In verse 11... Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, the priest. And then the next several uh, verses from 12 to 17 talks about the rebellion of uh, uh, Eli's children and, 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 and how awful that they are. And think about this. Who does Samuel have to look up to? It's not some public school system where you're with, you know, 500 kids a day. I don't know how many kids. It'd be 200 kids a day, roughly, right, in different classes. This isn't even hardly a homeschool uh, situation uh, where you have a, a, a gr homeschool group so you can do things with. This is just a few people here he's studying. He's doing things in the church, in the temple, amen. What I'm getting at is Samuel had these two rebellious men, young men to look up to. That was That was... That was who he was around all the time. In verse 11, Samuel was ministering unto the Lord, but before Eli. Eli's boys were terrible examples. But where the rubber meets the road, every single person has their own choice to make, right? When you get to verse 18, it says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, 
being a child girded with a linen ephod. I believe that this shows Samuel was found faithful in service, but not necessarily heartfelt. I was faithful on a bus route as a teenager for a few years. I was faithful. I mean, I was all, all about it. I was doing a service before the Lord. But my, but, my, but my fervency wasn't to see souls saved. My fervency was because Hannah was a pretty girl and she was on the bus route and I wanted to go be around her. So in verse, in verse 11, Samuel's ministering unto the Lord but before Eli. But now verse 18, he's ministering before the Lord. Hmm. You know, before the Lord and unto the Lord are kind of, they're interchangeable, but they're not the same. Dating and courting can be interchangeable, but they're not the same. You can, you can, you can be dating, but not be courting. But you can't be courting without dating. Right? You can have a, um, um, a punishment and a consequence is the same thing. But you can have a consequence that's not a punishment. You know what I'm saying? The same goes for worshiping before the Lord and unto the Lord. We can be here this morning, every one of us are before the Lord. Worshiping. But are we all worshiping unto the Lord? Now it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. Amen. I can preach before you. In fact, I do it four times a week. Hope I'm preaching unto you. Amen. Amen. Go to Genesis chapter 10, verse 9. I got a few examples here. Genesis 10, verse 9. When you're before the Lord, it's always in front of God, but not necessarily unto God. So what's your whole point in this? I'm saying it's a heart issue. It's always been a heart issue. I'm saying the Jews went through the motions through legalism and, and had to do this and had to do that, missing the whole point of the heart issue. Here in Genesis chapter 10, we know that Nimrod uh, was the head of the city of Babel. He was a very antichrist person. But in Genesis 10, 9, it says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter uh, before the Lord, not unto the Lord, but before the Lord, Nimrod was quite antichrist. Look at Genesis 19.13. This is talking about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19.13 says, For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Abraham, look at Genesis 19.27. Abraham watched Sodom and Gomorrah burn with smoke in the open air. It says, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Go to Genesis 27, 7. These are easy to hit. We'll hit them. Genesis 27, 7. Isaac went to bless his son with uh, God as his witness, uh, a blessing not unto God, but before, the God, uh, before God. He said, bring me venison, make me savory meat, uh, that I may eat and bless thee before th uh, the Lord, before my death. Now go to Exodus 4, 10. Unto the Lord is always, is always, always specifically uh, to God. Worship. 
Exodus 4.10. And Moses said unto the Lord, that's direct. He said, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither here, uh, heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord hath said unto him, who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seen, or the blind, have not I the Lord? And you say, what's the point of going over all of these verses? Samuel started worshiping unto the Lord and before Eli. Look at, look at our text, 1 Samuel 2.11. 1 Samuel 2.11, I want to drive this home. Samuel started worshiping unto the Lord and before Eli. It says, And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. And then you have the next section of verses talks about the rebellion that was all around Samuel. And then verse 18 says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. I wonder if Samuel's zeal was deterred just a little bit because of the rebellion that was around him. Because what the environment we're around makes a difference in what we do. We can say it doesn't and we can say it shouldn't, but it does. You're going to hang around with the wrong crowd. You're going to do the things that the wrong crowd's doing. Hands down. Hands down. Every single one of us has stories in our lives. Uh, back when I was on the bus route as a teenager, and I, and I mean, I, I was, uh, everyone would say, man, he was a good kid. But I didn't go to church because I, I just wanted to be a blessing to somebody. That wasn't my mentality. I wasn't going to church because I, I was necessarily wanting to see souls saved. I was going to church thinking about this guy right here. I had my concerns more in mind. And, and, and what happens when you do that? You start thinking, what makes me happy? Well, you know what? I could do what they're doing and lower my standards, and now they'll think I'm great. And that, that's what happens. We start hanging with the wrong crowd. It will affect, it'll affect our fervency. We think that it doesn't, but it absolutely does. The children of Israel were often, almost always obedient before the Lord. But they were often not obedient unto the Lord. We can come to the house of God. You know, we could be church boys. We could be the church family in, in, in doing, you know, our job here and doing our job there. We could be security, media, every little job in the church. We could be doing it before the Lord. We could be faithful before the Lord, but it doesn't mean that we're doing it unto the Lord. As in, we can be so backslidden before the Lord. begs the question why are we here this morning are we here to worship before the lord or are we here to worship unto the lord some people walk in the auditorium before the service even starts and they're already thinking all right let's get this over with i got things to do today i got things to do on the lord's day all he did was die on the cross for me give me heaven for eternity that's all he did for me i need to get my relaxed time in as much as possible amen Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 
Samuel later in chapter 3, he worships the Lord, uh, he worships unto the Lord again, which shows what a heartfelt desire, fervency, attitude, a right heart. First Samuel 3 verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. It's nice to read that again. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. You know, Samuel was saved by faith, but not even up to this point. You say, well, how could you say that? Samuel wasn't saved yet. Look at verse 7, 1 Samuel 3, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Samuel's even mentioned in the Hall of Faith, Hebrews eleven thirty-two. Well, how could Samuel worship before the Lord and unto the Lord and not even be saved? A born again believer can worship before the Lord, and a born again believer can worship unto the Lord. And a lost person, a lost person, in their lost state, can worship before the Lord, and also unto the Lord. You know, a lost person could give, give God praise to, to, to the, the the greatest ability that he he knows, without being saved. Doesn't mean necessarily that they're saved. They might be under conviction. They might come to the house of God. They might be seeking God, doing their best to worship God but not accepting him as their savior yet. Samuel wasn't saved yet, but he still worshiped unto the Lord. Look at, look at, um, oh man. Um, 1 Samuel 3, verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he arose and went to Eli and said here am I for thou didst call me and Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child therefore Eli said unto Samuel go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say speak Lord for thy servant heareth so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times Samuel Samuel and Samuel answered speak for thy servant heareth Christ is more than just a God that we worship and obey. He is a God that makes himself known to us through the, the sealing of the Holy Spirit if we accept him. Acknowledging that we are absolutely nothing without him and saying, Lord, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth. We want to give you the glory for what you are, for who you are. I am nothing. You're the Savior. Without you, I have nothing. There's no righteousness of myself. Because it's not until we have a here am I, Lord, attitude. It's, it's, it's not until we, 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 we put ourselves at this lowest state, centering our own will that takes place in the depths of our hearts that God then has an invitation to come and dwell inside of us. We have a worship before the Lord mentality, but not a worship unto the Lord mentality. 
there's a, a lot of people that say a prayer so they, they, just, they think they're saved. And I believe that's very misleading. In the same way, if you raise your hand during an invitation, it means that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. That's misleading. It's not biblical. There's nothing wrong with raising your hand during a prayer. That's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with saying a prayer. It, that's wonderful too. But, but, but going through the motions isn't what salvation is. You can go through the motions all day. You can say the right words even. Go through the motions on the altar and say the right words. I, I was with a young man one time and, and he said he wanted to get saved. And he just said yes to everything I said. Almost like, yeah, 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 yeah. You understand that you're a sinner? Yeah. Uh, do, do, you, uh, do you understand the Holy Spirit? Yeah. We went through the motions and I, I had him pray and it was, uh, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I, I really doubt his heart. It just felt like it was before the Lord and not unto the Lord because his parents were up here getting saved and he just wanted to be part of it because they were doing it. I don't want to be standing before judgment day and say, Lord, I, was, I worshiped before you all my life as opposed to I worshiped unto you and Lord, you know my heart. We turn to John 4.23. We'll close here. John 4.23. If you are a child of God, you should desire the sincere milk of the word. If you are a born-again believer, church is, ought to be where you want to be. The word of God, is, you should be drawn to it. You should want to have pray, uh, a prayer life with the Lord. You should want to learn more about our creator. If you're in love with your wife, don't you want to get to know her a little more? Know all the things about her? Know what makes her happy so then you can buy those flowers that makes her happy that are going to die in three days and it's almost like a waste of money if it weren't for the fact that she likes them? Love doesn't have to be logical, Amen. But for a child of God, we should be desiring the sincere milk of the word. We should have a desire to worship unto the Lord. We might be like Samuel and things might happen in life. and We might uh, be influenced the wrong way. We might uh, uh, be, be young and impressionable. There's still no excuse. I'm thankful that Samuel, when he was young, then even after he was a teenager, he still wound up worshiping unto the Lord. We, like Samuel, are given the opportunity to listen to the Word of God. What are we going to do when we hear it? Are we going to go, are we going to say, Lord? Here am I. Oh, this is what you want me to do with my life? Oh, you laid down all these principles for me to live by? I, Lord, here am I. 
I, I, I want to give you my life. Or we're going to go back to sleep. Just pretend that God's word isn't saying what it says. Do we come to worship before the Lord or under the Lord? John 4, 23. Jesus said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Church, it's about time that we quit playing church. It's time that we quit playing with this Christian walk, I'll serve God, I won't serve God. I'll serve God, I won't serve God. Hey, it's time to get all feet in here. Heaven is real. There is a hell to shun. But yet we come up with excuses to do what we want to do over and over again. Just like the children of Israel said, Lord, but we want a king. And God said, a king isn't best for you. We said, well, but we want a king because everybody else has a king. We say, Lord, we, we don't want to give you any more of my time because the world doesn't give you any of their time. and They're living happy lives. It's about time you start worshiping unto the Lord. And set this play Christian stuff aside and get, get serious about it. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that if there's anyone lost here this morning, that they'd come to an altar, Lord, and they would find you, and they'd worship unto you, Lord, accepting you for who you are, Lord, the Savior.